The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Uh, I know producer Joe's doing okay today because yeah, I just talked to him. A um, mm-hmm. little bit of a so- more sober opening today, folks. Uh, I really appreciate you tuning in to the end of yesterday's show where I address something. I'm going to ask you for a uh, personal favor. I, I don't do that often on the show. Um, I try to stay away from, from personal uh, favors because uh, that can get old quickly. I'm not here to abuse your time or your loyalty to the program. But um, uh, the, the Secret Service agent who passed, uh, I have the uh, information if you'd like to help. I just need to take a minute of your time folks he was 42 years old his name was noel remagen um he was a he was a patriot uh he passed unexpectedly on the scotland trip uh with donald trump on a protection mission he was assigned to the presidential protection division he had a a massive cerebrovascular uh incident and um Mm. died shortly thereafter he was it was a it was a i don't even know how to describe how astonished stunned uh, tr- sad uh horrified the secret service family as this was a uh, a united states marine his father was uh, a secret service employee for years he comes from a family of heroes and patriots folks i'm i'm humbly uh as uh as your uh your your, your humble host here and i mean this in, in asking you having a tough time getting this out please please help support this family they've lost at 42 years old he has two young children a, a boy and a girl nobody nobody saw this coming i spoke to a friend last night who was running with him on the treadmill in london just the day before he was uh, in great shape nobody saw this coming this was a real american hero i know and i understand money is tight i totally get it that's why i really am am, am very careful about these things and by the way the reason yesterday i mentioned that about the gofundme and patreon how those uh, those are not my accounts is because of today there are other fraudulent accounts on patreon and gofundme that have since been taken down that have stolen my name the one I'm about to give you is real. That's so I, I get it. A couple of people when I tweeted this out said, wait, be careful. Dan said there's no GoFundMe's in the same. Yeah, n- not this is the real one. This is why I said this. It is GoFundMe.com slash Remagen, R-E-M-A-G-E-N dash family. I will put the link up in the show notes today. Um, Joe, I actually forgot to send that over to you. I'll send that over to you. I'll put it in my wife with my wife who sends the stuff out. All right. Um, I've tweeted it out. It is on my Facebook page as well. Folks, please, um, I'm asking you if you have just a, a couple of dollars to spare. You know, they will. Listen, I, there's nothing I remember more than, than than leaving on all these Secret Service trips. And my kid at the time, I only had one crying every time. And, the, and when you came home in that taxi from the airport, it was like the best day ever. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. He went over there and his body was brought back on a C-17 military airplane. And by the way, I can't say enough good things about our military either. You want to hear what they did for him? When we travel overseas with the president, we take his cars, the presidential the fleet, the limousines, and all of the armored uh, vehicles on military planes. They, they drive onto the plane. If you're in the military, you're a loadmaster. You've been in the uh, Air Force. You know what I'm talking about. 
Well, we take many planes. Well, the military, this is just... This is what we do for our boys. They stacked all the cars onto two planes, which, believe me, isn't easy. And they emptied that third C-17 for the use of the family. To, to transport this guy, uh, his body, home. Sad, folks. I knew this guy. He was a quiet guy. And he was a real patriot. And, um, you know, I get it. The world's a tough place. It's full of tragedy. But I got to tell you, I wasn't really ready for that one. And I'm just asking you to, if you can, if you can. I, I Money's tough. I totally understand. I committed, uh, if you can check it out, the GoFundMe page. My wife and I put 1500 in. I'm hoping uh, that they can raise about $100,000. It's going to do nothing to bring this man and his patriotic soul back. God wanted him early for some reason. I don't pretend to understand why. But it will at least alleviate some temporary financial burdens caused by his obviously untimely passing. And can I just add one more thing? You know, someone told me a couple things last night, and I, I, for obvious reasons, I can't give you all the details. I hope you forgive me. I just, it wouldn't be appropriate, but I don't think you understand a lot of people out there either what this president's made of. You know, he heard this story, and there was something he did that maybe one day I'll be allowed to share with you. And I think you'll understand entirely why so many people, despite a lot of flaws and other things like that, support this guy because he supports his guys. And there was something he did that really touched me with this whole thing. So if you can, please go. Know the website, just give it out. It's on my Twitter, be in the show notes today, be on my email list. Um, please, if you can just, uh, Donate whatever you can, dollar, five dollars, a hundred dollars if you can. I would really appreciate it. So again, it's not going to do anything to bring this uh, patriot back, but it'd be deeply uh, appreciated. Ah, man. Yeah, all right, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm just, um, I you know, know, he was 42 years old, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine last night mm-hmm. who um, I went to Secret Service training with. And um, just the way the whole thing went down is just un- unbelievable. Um, it's just so sad. And the things he was telling me about how that the psychologists and psychiatrists tell the families to deal with these kind of tragedies, it's, um, it just really cut me off at the legs. I, I just had a tough time dealing with the whole thing. My wife and I both last night. The details of it are really horrible, folks. This was a good man. From a family of patriots. All right. Okay, thanks for your help on that. Um, wow, it's kind of tough to even go into any regular stories today. Um, but uh, there is a lot going on. Uh, as you saw yesterday, so President Trump gave a press conference. 
Hey, man. Uh, press, you, yeah. you, we can take this out. You want to catch your breath? No, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, you know, I, I owe the audience a show, and uh, you know, all right. you all, you all deserve that. You, you've dedicated a lot of time to this. And I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. I appreciate it, but uh, it's tough. I knew it would be tough this morning. I was just waiting for permission to go with it because, <clears throat> because the kids hadn't been notified, which is I can't even, I can't even imagine. I, I can't even imagine. All right. So there was some interesting stuff that happened yesterday. Uh, so, the, again, the president gives this uh, this uh, press briefing quick. It was in the uh, Roosevelt room yesterday next to the Oval Office. And he clarified his statements about uh, the with the statements made in the Helsinki uh, meeting with the Russian uh, president, Vladimir Putin. And he was pretty clear about a verbal misstep he made where he basically said he said he was meant to say wouldn't rather than would meaning he didn't question the fact that the russians uh that the russians in fact tried to interfere in our elections now i can't get in the guy's head it's amazing how much um karnak the uh you know the 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 the, the, the musician the uh, excuse me the magician guy yeah uh, all these media people try to get in his head and saying oh well he's lying that's not re-. you know uh, listen i'm not going to get into that I'm just going to tell you this, folks. There's a lot of shady stuff going on. I want to dig into this stuff one by one today. Um, sorry, I'm just getting rid of that. Uh, had some stuff up on my screen here. All right, man. So, You're cool. There's, there's a lot of shady stuff going on. Here's what I want to get into today, which is super important that you understand. The Comey server thing. I, I don't... <sighs> Ah, this is going to be tough because there are some people out there who are saying things that are I, I don't understand. Let me just get to the point here. Okay, the DNC servers Trump brought up in the Helsinki meeting mm-hmm. that the DNC servers, which, as you know, the entire bedrock narrative of the uh, of the of, of 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 the collusion fairy tale is that the DNC servers were hacked by the Russians and that information was exchanged uh, somehow with the Trump team in a collusion effort. You get that? I've said that a thousand mm-hmm. times. You're probably tired of hearing it. We're good with you that. shouldn't be. You got okay, good. Because if you don't understand that, you don't understand what the, the rest of what I'm going to say and the efforts to in this massive cover up to make all this stuff go away are not going to make any sense. What I don't understand is why some people out there, conservatives included, keep giving the benefit of the doubt to far left liberal media talking points without understanding even basic facts of the case. I, I don't get it. Now, the latest thing, I've been getting a ton of emails. People have been saying to me, Dan, President Trump said the DNC servers, which, again, allegedly were hacked by the Russians, Mm -hmm. that the Democrats never turned over the DNC servers to the FBI. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a fact. Yeah, that is not in dispute. Now, the liberal media and other uh, other folks out there, for some bizarre reason, are trying to cover this up. They're trying to cover it up with an article at the Daily Beast and other articles out there saying, well, you know, it's not really necessary that they turn over the server for forensic examination. Yeah, yes, you're correct. It isn't absolutely necessary. But the fact that the servers weren't turned over is a fact that's not in dispute. Now, because something isn't necessary doesn't mean it isn't advisable. Joe, uh, again, mm. let me give you an example. I, I think, I don't know, having been a criminal investigator, maybe this makes more sense and it's not making sense to others. All right. If I have 
a, a evidence that Armacost was involved in an armed robbery. Mm-hmm. And I can actually get the firearm he used to hold someone up, right? Okay. I want the firearm. Yes. The fact that I have an image of the firearm <laughs> is is nice. It may be enough, it ain't but sh- you want the firearm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want the original. The, yeah. is, Joe, does that make sense? 10-4, now, clear. On computer cases that involve penetration into a network, unauthorized uh, activity on a network, spear phishing, yeah. hacking, whatever it may be. Still with you. It is always advisable to get the original hard drive on the server. Absolutely. Always. Now- just to be crystal clear on the fact that they don't have the original hard drive. I, I've been working on this all night. Forgive me for the kind of broken up opening. Obviously, it's a little emotional here, but I do have a lot to get to. And I want you to make sure you understand this. Here are the words of former FBI director Jim Comey answering questions from Congressman Will Hurd. Mm-hmm. Let me read to you the exact words. Congressman Hurd. He says, good copy. So, Director FBI... Uh, so, no, excuse me. Oh, sorry, folks. So, Director, FBI notified the DNC early before any information was put on WikiLeaks and when you still have been never been given access to any of the technical or the physical machines that were hacked by the Russians. Jim Comey's answer, ladies and gentlemen, that's correct. Although we got the forensics from the pros that they hired, which, again, best practice is always to get access to the machines themselves. But this, my folks tell me, was an appropriate substitute. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not denying that a photo of a weapon used in an armed robbery can be a potential substitute for the evidence. What I'm telling you is why are even some people on our side of the aisle giving the benefit of the doubt to the Democrats and the liberal media who are suggesting that the appropriate substitute should be taken as the de facto narrative of 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 uh, not. There's no malfeasance. The de facto narrative is, no, no, they had a substitute, so it's all A-OK, and we shouldn't ask questions about why the original wasn't turned over. Now, to be clear, to give you both sides, Joe, okay. there are people alleging out there, well, you know, the DNC needed those servers to conduct their business during the presidential campaign. OK, ladies and gentlemen, fair enough. My point in this is you're conducting the most significant counterintelligence investigation in modern United States history. A case that has now taken up nearly two years of America's time, insisting that the world's second largest nuclear power basically overthrew an American election with a massive hacking scandal colluding with the current president of the United States. And you don't think it's important enough to engage in the best practice? You engage in the second best practice, which is, oh, we'll give you images. Now, ladies and gentlemen, why do you need the original server? Because as noted to me by professionals in the field, the original server, Joe, is used in a read-only device and secured to compare to later images. Okay, That's why it's the best practice to secure the server or servers. Now, don't tell me we can accept second best when you're telling me that this is the biggest scandal in United States history and you automatically give people the benefit of the doubt and not the president who is rightfully curious about this, Joe, granted everything that's happened to this guy. (laughs) 
He has had his former national security advisor arrested and prosecuted for allegedly lying to the FBI after being bullied into a plea while the FBI themselves said they weren't that he wasn't deceptive. You had Hillary Clinton, despite overwhelming evidence of malfeasance and misfeasance, given shady immunity deals to her staff, allowed to bleach bit, basically, uh, technology-wise, wiping out evidence of emails on a private, unauthorized server, was given a complete pass. Nobody was prosecuted over this at all. Matter of fact, people were given immunity. You have Bob Mueller violating attorney-client privilege to go after Trump's lawyer when his mandate is collusion without any evidence of actual collusion. And, and and I don't get, you're defaulting to the Democrats' narrative that, hey, the second best investigative technique, the images, that should be good enough and we shouldn't ask questions because the DNC needed to do its work. You know what its work was? Framing Donald Trump and their team. And we're supposed to accept the second best investigative technique. By the way, I haven't even mentioned something else, another aggravating factor. What is infuriating is how are you guys accepting this? Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's a substitute. Yeah. Why are we substituting it? Secondly, this does not change the fact that the FBI was not called in immediately for the biggest scandal allegedly in U.S. history. Trump colluding with the Russians to hack the DNC servers and get the information out. This does not change the fact that the FBI was not called in. Matter of fact, no federal agency with expertise in this was called in. Who was called in? A company known as CrowdStrike with, at a minimum questionable ties to people involved with the Clinton campaign. Sitting on boards of organizations or people who have been multi-million dollar donors to the Clintons, people with connections to the Democratic operation, they did not call in the FBI. So what I don't understand, Joe, and I'm going to sum this up because this is infuriating to me. You have people on our side so quick to try to debunk, let's debunk Donald Trump. We're not taking into account the totality of, of at, 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 at best, suspicious circumstances leading people to believe that this case did not follow standard investigating procedures. There were anomalies here that are not explainable when compounded one-on-one-on-one-on-one-on-one. They are not explainable by simple, oh, you know what, we just needed the images. And by the way, we never even looked at them right away. It was a private company. We're taking their word for it. Oh. Comey said himself they got the images from the pros. I thought they were the pros. Why are you accepting this? Now, folks, I'm not doing, I'm not doing, this is not conspiracy theory stuff. I'm telling you things that actually happened. The FBI was not called in. They were given the information later after it had been touched by a company with questionable ties here to the Democrat Party. You're alleging this is the biggest scandal in U.S. history and you don't think to call in the FBI right away? And then you don't turn over the original hard drives, despite the director of the FBI himself acknowledging that's the best way to do it, even though this is supposedly the biggest scandal in U.S. history. And then you get IT people out to go, oh, well, it's sufficient to do that. We're not asking what's sufficient. You're talking about impeaching the president of the United States. You're talking about a, a, a nuclear power with 
thousands of nuclear weapons pointed at us. You're talking about very serious, and by the way, credible accusations. They attacked our election process, and you're all of a sudden, you're willing to give them a pass. Oh, no, second best is A-OK. After, by the way, a private company was brought in and not the FBI. I've been getting these emails for two days, and there's a reason I held off on this story, because I'm waiting to see who else jumps on this nonsense. Donald Trump was absolutely right. He did not. There's nothing he fudged in that Helsinki press conference there with Putin when he said the FBI should look at the servers. They don't have the servers. That's a fact. You excusing away through verbal judo six different ways from Sunday why you're willing to accept the second best investigative techniques, an image of the server on the word of a private company, not the FBI. Yet you're immediately attacking Donald Trump for just stating a simple fact. Are, are you delirious? Boom. I've read, the, Joe, for, for two days I've been reading these articles sent to me. Dan, is this true? Did Donald Trump make this up about the DNC servers? No, he didn't. It is the effort of liberal media folks, Democrats, and, and some people who cannot get past the fact that this case is layer upon layer of anomalous events that are no longer explainable by a reasonable person as just being simple mistakes. I mean, do we need to go through the list? The incorporation of FBI confidential informants, spies, to spy on a political campaign for collusion nobody can prove happened. By the way, first contact made before an FBI case was even open. By the way, the same confidential informant who was a prior CIA asset who's now somehow working for the FBI. Meetings between British intelligence and John Brennan. Just days later, Democrats, powerful Democrats in the Senate sending a letter to the FBI demanding an investigation into Donald Trump with information contained in a dossier that has never, ever been verified. That then made it into a court of law used to spy on terrorists that was used to spy on a guy named Carter Page to hop into the Trump team. A guy named Carter Page, by the way, who's still running free. (laughs) None of this bothers you. The DNC servers were hacked. Why wasn't the FBI called in? Oh, I don't know. Let's give them a pass. CrowdStrike was. Well, why weren't the original servers taken into custody? Oh, I don't know. We got second best, the images. We're just going to take them at their word. Let's debunk. Are you crazy? Hey, mom! The meatloaf! This, I mean, if there was ever a case for the meatloaf, this is it. Are you even reading the case? <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm serious. Are you reading this thing? Multiple prosecutions of, of, of Trump people for alleged collusion, but no charge of collusion anywhere in any of the charging documents. Everybody on the Hillary team gets a pass. Paul Combetta, the guy who was involved, according to multiple press reports, in the bleach bidding of Hillary's email data, who made statements to the FBI he had to later retract and acknowledge were not in fact true. Read the press reports about that. He's given a complete pass. He says he had an O-S word moment. Oh man, I just remembered all this stuff I told you I didn't remember. Hillary Clinton's staffer saying she was acting as a lawyer in a meeting to be able to go into a meeting where she's a potential co-conspirator in the case. None of this bothers you? 
All of this is supposed to be ignored, and we're just supposed to accept the FBI's word that the second best investigative technique was A-OK after the FBI never even got to look at this stuff. Are, are, what a, are you not seeing this? Are you so blinded by rage at Donald Trump that you cannot see that the government was clearly weaponized in this case to, at worst... Use the legal system and counterintelligence apparatus to take down a political campaign to at best, at best, harass the Donald Trump campaign? What are you missing? Maybe it's blinded by fear of being busted. You know, maybe it is. Maybe it's maybe it is. Maybe it's fear of being of 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 the of the criminal life. Remember, I said to you, Joe, this is not just an embarrassment. Because some people have said to me, oh, damn, what are they afraid of, being embarrassed by weaponizing the CIA? No. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, there's criminal liability here for people in the intelligence community and the Federal Bureau investigation who leaked the existence of classified information to the media to damage the Trump team. We know about the leaks in October. We know about the leaks in January to David Ignatius of the Washington Post. These are criminal actions. What Donald Trump said about the server to put a period on this sentence was true. You explaining it away every single time. Oh, well, you know, it's uh, it's fine. We can just deal with the images. You've got the FBI director himself saying, hey, the best practice is to get the server. We're not employing the best practice. The DNC is alleging this guy hacked an election. Turn the damn server over, you nuts. Two years now we're dealing with this. Impeach the president. He's a Russian spy. He's a Russian asset. He's a he's a Holocaust supporter. He supports slavery. He's a Nazi. He's a fascist. He's Mussolini, Hitler, Idi Amin. And you're, you're, you're just so willing to accept, oh, no, no, his second best is okay. What the hell is wrong with you, man? Gosh, I'm tired of this. It's not the liberal media that gets me, so I'm used to their BS. What I'm tired of is this anti-Trump crowd that is so willing to put aside reason and accept second-best explanations while, while the truth is staring them in the face. Guys, this was an anomaly, this case. This did not follow standard operating procedures anywhere. Standard operating procedure, get the server. Ah, in this case, we didn't. Standard operating procedure, call in the FBI. Ah, in this case, we didn't. Standard operating procedure, let's not charge someone with lying to the FBI like Mike Flynn if we didn't think he was deceptive. Ah, we didn't. Standard operating procedure, oh, they they, class, they traded classified information over Hillary's private email server? Maybe we should prosecute him. Ah, in this case, we didn't. Standard operating procedure, maybe we shouldn't have staff members Hillary emailed in the meeting with the FBI and Hillary. Ah, in this case, we didn't. Hey, standard operating procedure, we probably shouldn't give immunity to people who wiped Hillary's server clean, especially people who have not told the truth to the FBI. Maybe we shouldn't give them immunity before we prosecute them. Ah, in this case, we didn't. You're willing to forego all of that because you're so committed to this Trump is a... mm, that you're forfeiting your own common sense. Debunking the DNC. There's no debunking. The DNC servers are not in the FBI's possession. That is not the best practice. There's nothing to debunk. The fact that the Daily Beast wrote a piece on it 
The Daily, a left-wing website trying to justify away why they use second and third best practice, does not make any of this, in fact, true. They don't have the server. I have in capital letters here, Joe. There's always an excuse with these people. Always. This is what they do. They engage in this lawyerly back and forth where they nitpick out details, forgetting the 30,000-foot view that nothing in this case, the, 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 the free hall pass given to Hillary Clinton and the overwhelming weaponization of the entire government to attack Trump, they lose the 30,000-foot view in the details. Well, you know, you can always use the images. Yes, you can. Of course you can. Can you acknowledge it's not the best practice or the way it should be done in a critical investigation? Yeah, but there's always a but. Did the FBI acknowledge Mike Flynn wasn't deceptive? Yeah, but he pled guilty. Yeah, did you mention the fact that they threatened his kids and his legal bills were so overwhelming he had to sell his house? You'd plead guilty too. Uh, Flynn was prosecuted for the Logan Act. Nobody in the U.S. history was prosecuted for the Logan Act. Yeah, but Joe, it's still on the books. Are you an idiot? Hillary Clinton, she sent actual classified information telling them to scrub the classified markings. Yeah, but she didn't really mean it. There was a spy working for the FBI. Yeah, but let's call him a confidential informant. I'm tired of your yeah buts. I'm tired of them. And everyone listening should be tired of it too. And it's not just the libs. It's this crowd of people who can't stand this president who will excuse away every bit of misfeasance and malfeasance, lose the bird's eye view of what actually happened in an effort to desperately save their reputations. And it's sickening. It's sickening. We have been on this, Joe, you and I, for a year now. It has been my entire life covering this case, the book, everything. This case stinks. And unlike many of the people out there, I've actually worked cases. I have sworn out affidavits, search warrants, complaints. I have sat in grand juries. I've sat in multiple courtrooms in multiple states at the federal level, actually testifying and investigating these cases. You have not, many of you. This is anomalous. Wake up. You are not doing this, the the cause of freedom and justice, not the Trump cause, the cause of the constitutional republic. Sometimes they intersect. You are not doing that cause any justice at all. You are providing fertilizer to the enemies of freedom and liberty, process and order. It is sickening. All right, I got some more to get to here also. Because there's another angle on this case that, again, is anomalous. The overwhelming effort by people investigating this case on the Mueller side and on the FBI side to classify and hide information when it doesn't fit the narrative. This is going to, ladies and gentlemen, it was a family-friendly show. This is going to you off big time. All right, I got I didn't use the first sponsor because we had that sensitive situation open up the show and, you know, but uh, I do have to pay for the show. 
So um, today's show brought to you by our buddies at uh, FilterBuy. Uh, I don't want to assume too much, but I suspect you have enough bills to pay already and you don't need any more. But that might be what you're headed for if you don't trust me on this. According to the Department of Energy, the most expensive utility for most Americans is their electricity bill, making up roughly 9% of their annual housing expenditure. That's a lot. It's a lot more down here in Florida where it's super hot in the summers. So we keep our air conditioners going all the time down here. Um, adding insult to injury, this allergy season has been one of the worst, further straining your system. You can help lower this bill by making sure your system is running smoothly with a new set of filters for my friends at FilterBuy. America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over 600 different filter sizes. And if you're one of those difficult people with an odd filter, they can make custom filters just for you. Plus, this is nice, they ship free within 24 hours. And if that isn't enough, they're manufactured right here in America. So there's no excuse. Set up auto delivery. It just makes life easier. You don't have to think think about the filters anymore. That's what, that's what I have. Plus, you save 5%. Additionally, you extend the life of your system. It's getting hotter outside. The last thing you need is a busted HVAC system on top of the allergies. Save time. Save money. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. I know I do. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Tell them Dan Bongino sent you. They're a great company. Thank for helping us out filterby.com okay there's a terrific there's a terrific article uh, by paul sperry real clear investigations i will have in the show notes today um at bongino.com um that which reminds me joe do not post the show notes till i put that go uh, okay link up. Yeah. i'll send it to you after the show please it's really important you don't have to delete that out of the show or anything if anything comes out of the show today that's it folks we can always cover this other stuff later um but paul sperry uh who's been doing just incredible work great piece real clear investigations will be in the show notes today at bongino.com please please read it it talks about and i'm going to quote a little section of it here uh here we go ladies and gentlemen the house report that Devin Nunes has been putting together along with his team and even the Senate report as well along with very very limited portions of the Mueller indictment that came out on Friday what's very suspicious about what's going on here Joe is those reports are crystal clear and by the way there's another piece in the Washington Free Beacon I have at the show notes that describes this too that I encourage you you read both of them together you'll be read it here's the here's the uh, the takeaway the information about this, the Russians, this group of Russian operatives that attacked our election mm-hmm. process, the information about them attacking Joe, Republicans and Trump campaign and Trump associates, Trump team people is being classified while the other information about the Democrats is being put out there by the Mueller probe. Folks, I'm telling you, this Mueller probe is a scam. It is a scam with a capital S. You've been scammed. This is a scheme. Now, last night it was announced on Fox News, and I'll put the, uh, uh, this is on the show notes as well. Sorry, but there's a lot of good information today. Mueller is now asking the court for immunity, Joe, for five people involved in this case. But in the court filing, he's asking for anonymity for these five people. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of speculation about who these five people are. Again, in the interest of facts and not misleading you and not adding to the fury like some others do, I'm not going to speculate yet on who Mueller's giving immunity to. But I'm going to prepare you right now that if those people 
If those people are Clinton associates, you can cash the check I told you to put in your bank account a long time ago that this Mueller probe was exclusively designed to cover up DOJ and FBI malfeasance in the Clinton case to provide air cover for the Clintons while simultaneously relentlessly attacking Donald Trump. We'll see because those names will leak. I'm not willing to. There's a couple suggestions who they may be. I'm not willing to get into that yet. I bring this up, though, as well, because there's been specific requests by people in the Justice Department and the FBI to keep classified information in the House report about very specific, devastating attacks, Internet-based attacks on Republicans and the Trump team, while putting out on Friday, Joe, a very detailed analysis of the Russian attacks on the Democrats. Why would that be? Why would that be? Because, ladies and gentlemen, for the umpteenth thousandth time, this is designed, this Mueller probe, exclusively to save the narrative that the Russians went after the Democrats and Donald Trump helped them. If the information that's out there, that is available in these congressional documents in their investigation, shows that the Russians went after the Trump team and the Republicans too, it entirely destroys the narrative that the Russians were trying to help Trump get elected. How? They may have preferred Trump. Heck, Vladimir Putin preferred Obama. Oh, you know, you know what? Hold on a second. I'm going to see if I got this. Stand by. Don't go anywhere. Here we go. This is Vladimir Putin. Uh, uh, Putin was the only foreign leader. This is uh, mentioned by name in Romney's convention speech. So it makes sense that he takes the U.S. race a bit personally. The This is from an article, by the way, that this is not a Putin quote directly. The Russian president suggested in an interview with the satellite network RT that Obama would probably be easier to work with than the candidate who has described this country, talking about Mitt Romney, as America's number one geopolitical foe. Is it possible to find the solution to the problem if current President Obama is reelected for his second term? Theoretically, yes, Putin said. He continued, my feeling is that he's a very honest man and that he sincerely wants to make many good changes. But can he do it? Will they let him do it? That's Putin about Obama. Cash that check, daddy-o. Did Putin prefer Trump? I have no idea. He preferred Obama. Why was there no investigation into Obama? I'm telling you that the narrative they have to desperately maintain is that Putin attacked the Democrats because he was colluding with Joe. This is important. This is a critical Mm -hmm. takeaway. Not because he preferred Trump, but because he was colluding with Trump. That's their narrative. He preferred Obama. No one's alleging collusion with Obama. They are hiding the information about the massive internet-based attacks, the IT attacks against the Republican Party. This is from the Paul Sperry piece in Real Clear Investigations. They're classified. These snakes are classifying and redacting the information about the Republicans while putting out an indictment on Friday about the Democrats so you don't see the information, so you continue to believe this was exclusively a Putin attack on the Democrats. It's a lie. From the Sperry piece, responding to Republican Senator Susan Collins, who asked, was the Trump campaign hacked by the Russians? This is in a a Comey briefing. Comey replied, I want to be thoughtful about what I say in open setting. 
But there was evidence that there was a hacking directed at state-level Republican organizations, state-level Republican campaigns, and the RNC. Wait, what? There's more. Comey added, there is no doubt that they hit an RNC email domain. However, he testified that Russian actors were not able to collect current emails, suggesting more valuable RNC data was better protected from such cyber threats than those secured by the DNC. So basically the DNC, where they were so dumb, they fell for the spear phishing the RNC didn't. And yet we're supposed to believe that, uh, that, that Putin, in his effort to get Trump elected and colluding with him, somehow started and tried to hack the RNC too? We're supposed to believe that. Does that make any sense? Joe, do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. They're classifying the information about the hits on the RNC because it will entirely destroy their theory that this was an attack on the Democrats only in an effort to help Mm -hmm. Trump. Folks, you're being scammed. Now, another portion of the free beacon piece. That's in the show notes today. It's very good. Please read the Paul Sperry piece. It's excellent. They are desperate. Nunes gave a uh, an interview to uh, Congressman Sean Duffy on his podcast. I think it's called Pladcast. Mm-hmm. Duffy's a good guy. He's uh, married to Rachel uh, Duffy uh, from... Uh, uh, from Fox News, you've seen her. She was from, she was in in the real world. I remember when I was growing up. Um, he gives he gives this interview, Nunes, and he's explicit in this that the Democrats are desperate to obstruct, classify, and delay this thing until after the midterms. Why, Joe? They are convinced they're going to be able to take over the House. When they take over the House, the chairmanships change. Nunes will lose his chairmanship to a Democrat. They then get to dictate the pace and flow. These investigations will go away. Folks, I bring this up because I am on bended knee begging you to please vote in the elections. If the Democrats take over in the midterms, all these emails I'm getting, justice will never be done. Yes, Mm -hmm. you are right. Justice will never be done. It will be dead and buried. You will never see accountability on these cases ever. They will go where all the other cases went. The IRS, Fast and Furious, Benghazi, all of them. They will go to the graveyard of Democrat scandals to be buried for no one to see ever again. Read the piece in the Free Beacon. Nunes is clear as day. They are delaying and delaying and delaying until the November midterms, praying that they take over the House. And in January, you will see what happens. All of these cases will disappear if the Democrats take over. This is a scam, folks. This is a huge scam. A, 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 a oh. Furious about this. They're classifying the data on Republic. They just released all. And by the way, so here's what your Democrat friends will say. Just so you understand the comeback. I don't want to leave you hanging. They'll say, oh, the indictment on Friday. Yeah, it mentions in, in one part about the attacks on Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, it's on one page. It lacks any detail at all. And it is only a general statement designed to pretend it's some kind of bipartisan right. document. 
It's like, oh, yeah, and they hit the Republicans, too. But by the way, here's 27 pages of detailed attacks on the Democrats. Well, what about the detailed attacks on the Republicans? Oh, no, no, we're going to classify all that. This is a scam. Oh, by the way, debunk that one, too, because that'll be the the, you see the Mm -hmm. debunking, how it works. (laughs) That'll be the, the, the air quotes debunking. Oh, no, no, Bongino, I know what he's talking about. They mentioned on one line, uh, page 19 or whatever, that yes, they attacked the RNC too. There are 27 pages of detailed documentation of a sophisticated Russian spear phishing campaign to try to infiltrate the Democrats. The same techniques used on the Republicans who just had better security. Why not mention that too? Why would you leave that out? Isn't that relevant, Joe, to so-called election hacking? Yes, it is. But it's not when your narrative is that Trump colluded with the Russians to hit the Democrats. This Mueller probe is a disgrace. Immunity. Wait till we get these five names. Let's see who these people are. Man, I think really upsets me big time. All right. One last story today uh, before we get to that. Uh, today's show also brought to you by buddies at uh, Brickhouse Nutrition, one of my original sponsors. Uh, I want to tell you about Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a great product. You get a ton of great reviews. Folks, we all know that consuming voluminous amounts of fruits and vegetables are the key to good health. We know that. Everybody knows that. It's been told to you by doctors, by people who work out, fitness professionals, nutritionists, uh, mom and dad, anyone who has common sense. The problem with fruits and vegetables is you have to shop for them. You got to prepare them. Sometimes they're not that easy to prepare. Some of us aren't cooks or chefs. Uh, Some of us, uh, like me, have basically no cooking skills at all. If I can't put it on the George Foreman grill, I can't cook it, (laughs) period, full stop. It's true. That's why I like frozen chicken. Throw it on there, plug the thing in, you're golden. Well, I've got this solution for you and this stuff. Uh, I I just feel a lot more alert, energetic, uh, just a lot better. Even my arthritis, I feel a lot better since I've been taking this product. It's called Field of Greens. It is ground up real fruits and vegetables. Now, listen to me. It's important. There are a lot of products on the market that sell this kind of stuff. But there are a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are extract. You don't want extract. You want the ground up real food. You want the actual blueberries, the actual raspberries, the actual kale with all of their life enhancing nutrients. You don't want the extract. This is real food. This is the real Magella here. You take a scoop, put it in water, put it in juice, put it in green tea. I put it in all kinds of different stuff. It's delicious. Drink it. You're golden. You got your servings of fruits and vegetables for a day. I take two, sometimes three scoops a day. It's terrific. Start out with one, but it's really, really good. Go give it a shot. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of Field of Greens today. You will not regret it. And you know, like I, I always tell you, I... I, I Ladies and gentlemen, I don't mess around with these products. I don't just haphazardly take on sponsors. We don't, you know, luckily our show's in pretty high demand, so we don't mm-hmm. have to. We're not in a financial position where we have to take on anyone. We take on companies we believe do really good work. And I'm telling you, take note of how you feel before you start taking the product and after. It's a really, really good, high-quality product. Go check it out, BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's Field of Greens. Go check it out. Okay. Um, the anxiously awaited part three of our socialism, uh, de- debunking Scandinavian air quotes, of course, socialism, Joe, is up. Matt Palumbo been knocking it out of the park. 
record traffic, yeah, on these pieces at the Bongino.com website. As always, they'll be in the show notes. I hate to keep saying it, but if you subscribe to my email list, I will email them right to you. Matt wrote part three, debunking Scandinavian socialism. Remember, the reason we're doing this is because the Democrats, um, after the Bernie Sanders, you know, revolution, whatever you want to call it, every time you hear revolution coming from socialists, uh, block your doors. Um, but after the Bernie <laughs> Sanders revolution, now we've seen this uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, another self-proclaimed democratic socialist, trying to explain away and justify the differences between socialism and democratic socialism. There are no differences. There is no such thing as democratic socialism it is a myth matter of fact the countries they refer to joe consistently this is why we Mm -hmm. keep talking about the scandinavian countries when you talk about countries like sweden you talk about countries like denmark they are not socialist countries you continuing to insist that they are democratic socialist countries does not make it true They are capitalist countries with very large nanny state governments. There is a significant difference in that the government does not control the means of production there like they do in legitimate socialist countries. Cuba, Venezuela, where people are dying, tortured, killed, starving. Sense of of, of destitution everywhere. Now, in the first two, which he links to in in the piece, the first two parts... We debunked the fact that these countries grew wealthy under democratic socialism. They grew wealthy under capitalism. Their growth rates slowed down as they incorporated bigger in government. We debunked the whole notion that college there was free. It's not free. These students are graduating with debt to income ratios that are off the charts. Not to mention your tax dollars are still paying for it over there. We debunked the welfare state notion. They have some of the highest uh, sick leave rates in the world because the government pays for sick leave. So people Mm -hmm. take it. Now, you should take sick leave when you're sick, but read the piece from yesterday. At any given time, up to 10% of the country's out on sick leave. Part three, here are the takeaways. I'll sum it up for you. You can read the piece in detail. Matt's always good at researching. He cites everything. Folks, the GDP, the GDP of Sweden, when they were in heavily involved in the expansion of their big government policies, what liberals call democratic socialism, which it is not. They are big government nanny state policies. The government did not confiscate the economy during these years. But in the 1975 to 1995 years, Sweden, their GDP grew at half the rate of OECD countries in the EU. Mm. Those are the years. Just so clear, we're making, we're doing a correlation right. here. What you're suggesting here is wealth and prosperity of humankind. The wealth and prosperity of humankind will be enhanced, engaging in policies similar to what Sweden's done. That's their thing, Joe. Sweden's the best. We love Sweden. We love Denmark. The data does not comport with that at all. As Sweden enhanced the power of big government, as it grew its government at the expense of freedom and entrepreneurship in the years 1975 to 1995, Sweden's GDP grew at half the rate of the other countries in the OECD, big world economies. In 1996, when Sweden started to turn around and you turn, Joe, because the burden of big government on the Swedes was so overwhelming, it was crushing their growth, their productivity and their wealth. They started to turn the corner. Not coincidentally, Joe, right after that happened from 1996 on, Sweden's economy outperformed the OECD and EU countries. 
Look at the charts and the piece. They are absolutely crystal clear, clear as day. The correlation you're suggesting between national prosperity and democratic socialism goes in reverse. As you institute what you facetiously called democratic socialism, which is really big government policies, the economy in Sweden slowed down relative to others as they reversed course and started to shrink their government footprint uh, on the backs of the Swedes, the government started to grow at a rate higher than the other countries. There's a chart in there, or another chart that Matt put in there, which is great. It shows how after 1996, Joe, the decrease in government employees, public employment in Sweden, how it went down, And how the corresponding increase in private sector employment went up and how the wealth and prosperity of Swedish Swedish citizens went up with that. The correlation works in the opposite direction from what you're suggesting. You don't know what you're talking about. Secondly, the Swedish economy starts to pick up post-1994 as well. What happens post-1994? Around 96, it kicks in, right? Post-1994, Swedish, uh, the Swedish uh, government institutes some budget controls on its government spending. The budget debt, their accumulative debt, is cut in half over time. As that deficit and, uh, excuse me, debt, they're not always the same thing, is cut in half... What happens? The Swedish economy starts to grow again. So let's let let's sum this up here. As the Swedish government puts budget control, starts to control government spending, starts to reduce public sector employment, government employment, and starts to reduce the role of government and taxation in people's lives, the economy starts to get better. As it increased those policies and increased the power of government in people's lives, the government uh, the economy got worse. Finally, Matt brings up another great point, which is you'll never hear this from liberals because they don't live in a fact-based world. How defending Sweden constantly in his example of your new world socialism, which is factually incorrect, you're actually defending the success of some policies that conservatives have been lobbying for for eons. 1992, Joe. The Swedes institute some form of school choice in their government. That school choice-based system, that voucher-based system, they go from 1% of Swedes attending private school to 10 to 15% attending private school. What happens? The economy, after the, the uh, you, you got to give it time, these students go in, they go into better schools, uh, the choice system kicks in, the economy starts to grow. Is it correlational? Yes. Is it causal? It's almost impossible to infer causality. We're simply suggesting that the the... The policies, private school, Matt also addresses their uh, social security, the way they run it over there, how these are free. uh, These are free market conservative solutions. And that's when the corner started to turn on the Swedish economy and they got better. Oh, they just ignore this. Look at the data. Look at the facts. Look at the correlations. You can infer causation all you want. 
I'm uncomfortable doing it on the show. I'm simply telling you that their causation, democratic socialism causes prosperity, is factually incorrect, and the correlation isn't even right. The correlation is in the opposite direction. More of what they call democratic socialism equals less wealth and prosperity. Okay, um, just one final thing. I read an interesting story today. I just, uh, you know, I, I work over at CRTV and NRA TV. Mm-hmm. Interesting story about Netflix, how, you know, you, you live by the a la carte, you die by yes, the sir. a la carte. I'll let you roll <laughs> after this, but yeah, right? So Netflix for the, for, you know, one of the first times, at least recently, they had some hiccups uh, early on when they went from mail business to uh, all their basically online and uh, and, uh, and, their, and their show production stuff, their content creation. But Netflix has had very few obstacles in its way from what's just been extraordinary growth. Their subscriber base is just incredible. But they had a uh, stock drop yesterday significantly because they missed their subscriber target. They lost a significant number of uh, subscribers relative to their projections. Now, it's an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal today about how you know, what did Netflix expect, Joe? And the only reason, in other words, if you were going to go out there and be a content creator and say, hey, subscribe to my product, what did they think? HBO and mm. Showtime and CBS. And by the way, CRTV and NRA yep. TV and others. I mean, you name it. Breitbart. I mean, uh, they're, they're all starting. I think The Hill has a new show. Do you think everybody was going to take that lying down? So I only bring this up because I've said in the past, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to the dumb box era. The dumb box era is going to be this. You can forget the cable box. I'm telling you, in 10, 15 years, that's going to be nothing but an accessory in your house, maybe a relic. The dumb box is going to be your smartphone, your tablet, and your TV. This is all going to be run by apps, some kind of computer in your home, and all you're going to do is say to your hey, turn on CRTV, the Dan Bongino show, or whatever it may be, just like you do right now with Alexa or Google Home or whatever it may be, that that Google device. And I get... yeah, with and Hulu. I get I get our right? podcast with Hulu. Yeah, it's, do you? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I listen on my phone. It is going to be the dumb box. The some kind of computer computing device is going to be the cable box of the future that is going to sling to whatever your tablet, mm-hmm. your phone. It may play directly on your phone, right to your television. This is going to be the demise. The only reason I bring it up on a political show, which is this, this is not a technology show. I'm not pretending to be a futurist here. I'm just suggesting to you that the the monopoly the mainstream media has had over narratives in the past by monopolizing CBS, ABC, and NBC and control over your cable box, what you're allowed to see and what you're not, and the distribution fees companies have had to pay to get into your home through cable, they're going to be over. You're going to be able to start the Dan Bongino Network, start an app and sling it right to your TV. You can watch Dan Bongino content 24 hours a day. That might drive you crazy, but you get the point. Live by the content creation and the media narratives die by it. There are going to be people out there who are going to start their own networks, do their own thing, and the the uh, the the um, obstacles to entry here are going to be very low in the future. The video game is changing completely. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. And again, uh, you know, not to hit you with it twice, but um, I really would appreciate it if you would uh, make a small donation, if you can to the family of Noel Remigen. Uh, I'll put the link up in the show notes, be on my Twitter or my Facebook. And uh, please, I'm just asking you as a friend. It would mean a lot to me and his family. And uh, thank you. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.